Hello educators, welcome back to Cold Coffee No Glue Sticks. This is episode 12. Thanks for coming back and listening. This week I've got the very amazing Miss Sarah Strang, who's a high school drama and English teacher. We had such a great conversation and the one thing that really stuck out to me is why using drama with teenagers really teaches them what it means to be human. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know what you think by leaving a review and of course subscribing to the pod and come and join me over on Instagram at cold coffee no glue sticks pod. Enjoy! could start if you don't mind just by giving us a little bit of an overview of who you are and your teaching career and kind of how you got to where you are now if that's okay. Yeah so I started in a positive learning centre which is a like alternative education place for at-risk youth. So Mm. basically in Queensland if they aren't fitting in in the education system, they'll be referred to the Positive Learning Centre. So I started there cooking and uh, teaching cooking and textile design. Oh, fab. Yeah. And I kind of like cooking comes naturally to me. I could do that with my eyes closed, but the textile design was a bit of a <laughs> jump in the <laughs> Sure. Yeah, like think of things teenage boys will be interested in. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed that and my time there, and but I was obviously as a, uh, working as a teacher aide there. I kind of uh, resisted education. I <laughs> come from a family of educators. Yeah. Um, so aunties, uncles, sisters, cousins, and my grandfather was a principal. So I kind wow. of, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I think my cousin resisted too for a while. Uh, and, yeah. yeah. So, um, but I think I became passionate about education there and that um, wanted to see if I could do things differently. So, yeah, I finished my teaching degree, even though I'd started a few years before and became a high school teacher, drama and English trained. So wow. I've been doing yeah. that, yeah, for four years only now. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, you can only fight the pool for so long, can't you, and then it reels you in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the pool was strong. Yeah, so... Um, I'm glad I did the, so I originally started with a straight education and then switched to arts and education. I'm glad I did that because I love drama. I love teaching drama and English in a high school complex, you know, setting. So yeah, yeah, right. Did you get the chance to teach drama as well when you were at the Positive Education Centre? Uh, we tried a little bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> the was strong with um, at-risk youth, you know, but like lots of them are in survival mode. So like yeah. taking risk is a huge thing for them. So a few of them enjoyed it. We'd play games more than anything and that seemed yeah. to, you know, get them that yeah. way. Sure. <laughs> Fair enough. Is there anything that you've brought over to your teaching career now from that experience? Oh, yeah, like just uh, behaviour management. <laughs> yeah. Um, and knowing that, you know, if kids are having bad days, not to take it personally, even though that's difficult sometimes because we're human too. But, um, yeah, to realise that they come in with their own lives and things going on and you have to meet them where you can in the classroom. You know, it's quite difficult. Obviously, in the Positive Learning Centre, it's like small groups one-on-one mm. sometimes compared to 28 kids in a classroom. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's yeah. helped definitely for sure. 
Yeah, I guess it really highlights the importance of having those um, respectful relationships, not just with te uh, teachers and students, but also teaching those relationships between students as well. Yeah, that's still a social thing that I struggle with. Like uh, just the kids seem to be fairly antagonistic sometimes and it's like, whoa, mm. I'm going to stop the class. <laughs> so, mm. This is not how we talk to each other. You know, the world, especially in the last couple of years, is hard enough without us, you know, piling meanness and cruelness, you know, onto each other. Yeah, so, yeah, so that, definitely. That's how's your um, How's your pandemic experience been teaching? Uh, we've been pretty lucky up here in Queensland compared to you yeah. guys, for sure. <laughs> we've been in a bubble. Like, we've had, yeah. we've, like, you know, a few lockdowns here and there. Last year was the longest with mm. the six weeks and that was it. So we've been fairly blessed, really. But I think okay. it's still had an impact on the kids and the kids are tired and the teachers are tired. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> it's interesting how, you know, it can still have an impact even though we're not directly affected. So Yeah. Um, we're yeah. all ready for holidays. <laughs> Uh, well, not long. What have we got? Four weeks? A bit less? Three. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. Well, roll on at the Christmas break, I think. <laughs> I think everyone's going, but just you guys must be. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I wanted to dig into um, your drama and English, especially then, what kind of themes or topics do you most enjoy teaching at the moment and why? Um, well, I teach drama and English, um, but I definitely enjoy the drama aspect because, I mean, I still enjoy teaching English and I bring in world, real world context always and philosophical mm. conversations. But in drama, I think you delve deeper into what it means to be human and ways of being better human beings and better ways of communication and, you know, human behaviour. So I think that aspect of drama I love the most. And at uni, most of the uh, drama courses I gravitated to were the almost drama therapy side of yeah. <laughs> drama, you yeah. know, um, OL theatre and physical theatre and just, yeah. Um, yeah. Theatre that tests your, you know, inner strength and makes you look within yourself. Yeah, kind of called me. So yeah, I'm yeah. trying to bring that into my classes, even if we're doing, you know, the zombie apocalypse play, or <laughs> <laughs> we still look at that, you know, tension of relationships, connecting with others, that kind of side of things is always a focus. So yeah, yeah, really love. I it. think that's that's really interesting because we know that role play is obviously a really powerful experience in early years teaching to yes. enable kids to understand the world. So. I think that's super interesting that we can still use role play and dramatic play with teenagers to help them understand themselves better, oh, that yeah. kind of introspection. Yeah. yeah. yeah when it. you yeah, when you talk about um teaching them what it is to be human, can you tell me a bit more about that? Well, just that um they sort of think, you know, they come into high school with, you know, what the world has taught them that the, we should all be perfect and everything should be perfect and if it's not there's mm. something wrong and and um we learn through drama that no we love the drama because of the, because of the tension in relationships and when things are easy we grow bored like most shows we watch is because there's some tension or a tension of the task or of relationships and and then they start to look at their lives a little bit differently I think they they try to resist that when I when we <laughs> explain that to them but 
life is not perfect. And, you know, you know, you've got the students who will try and rip the page out of their books when they make a mistake. And I'm like, no, we own our mistakes. And yeah. think, um, fail, fail again, fail better was a, I think my Zen Zenzo teacher taught me that one. And I always repeat that to the students because <laughs> it's about. Oh, I love that. And, you know, like yeah. strong growth mindset comes in, I think, because it's about realizing that failure is normal and, you know, we don't learn unless we make mistakes and grow as human beings. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, that age group is so intensely affected by what they see on social media as well. It's so hard to pull them out of that. Yeah, filters and perfection. And we're far from that in reality. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Of course, at our age, it's really, or it can be easier to see, to just kind of look around and see the imperfections. But when you're trying to figure out the world and your life and yourself all at the same time, it's it's really difficult. And fitting in is all you think you want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, you've got to feel sorry for them, haven't you, really? <laughs> oh, I'm glad I'm not a teenager in the age of social media, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine? Do you ever look back at your life and think, oh, thank God that wasn't on Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> no one recorded me saying that or doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then you got most of these teenagers wishing they could be a viral sensation right now. You're like, no, you don't understand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm going to be a YouTube star. Okay. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> um, do you ever use those kinds of technologies in your teaching, uh, like YouTube or TikTok or things I don't like that? Much TikTok. I've stayed away from that. Mm. <laughs> I think the dance kids might try to. Um, watch TikTok and learn dances and stuff like that. But, you know, we uh, shy away from that um, as much as possible, like bring in, you know, real life and kinesthetic learning, especially in yeah. drama anyway. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like we look at it in English and um, they make, you know, blogs and things like that and podcasts, but yeah. not so much in drama. We try to keep it real, as real as possible. And we're zero budget, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Mm, interesting yeah be great yeah. yeah yeah absolutely um so when you say there's no budget like what what kind of resources are you using or what kind of things are you looking for for um, drama try, well with drama I try to keep it cheap and real like you know when we make zombie makeup we can use the latex and stuff like that but I try to make it from your pantry you know so the kids can then go home and practice applying that and it's quite yeah. cheap you know and um also just them bringing clothes from home depends on the play obviously and I try to resource things as much as possible we've got a small tiny little um <laughs> wardrobe in our, in our theater. <laughs> love it for to be but there's probably nowhere to put the clothes if we do if we do have better costumes but yeah we try and keep it simple keep it down to yeah. earth and yeah uh, focus on the acting and and um you know keep it real simple simple set simple yeah and yeah, recycle, yeah recycling as much as possible of the set yeah. yeah 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 okay well at least you've got some of that textiles experience from your <laughs> positive education time <laughs> how to get creative on no budget <laughs> that's it <laughs> I think as teachers um, as a whole, we're quite we're quite good at thinking creatively to find solutions to those, those kinds of problems, oh, hopefully. Yeah. 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 
Definitely. Well, my next question kind of goes really well with that. What do you wish you had more or less of as a teacher? Oh, definitely more time. I think Mm. I've always said I feel like teaching is like parenting. You know, no matter how much you do or how much you think you're doing, you're always feeling like you should be doing more (laughs) always. Yeah, I often joke that, you know, if only I didn't need sleep, it'd be great. I could get so much. <laughs> like, yeah. As well as Isn't maybe. that awful? Yeah. You know, future aids assistance would be, sometimes I wish there was more of me, like I could just morph myself into <laughs> um, more, more of me and be there for students, you know, especially during assessment time. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, that would be if I could wave a magic wand. More time. Yeah. 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 And do you ever struggle with, because I talk to a lot of teachers and we, one of the conversations that comes up over and over again is the feeling of guilt over not being able to do as much as you want to do, or even as much as is being asked of you. Do you struggle with that? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I don't know if that's ever going to go away. Someone said, yeah, just get used to that feeling. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I just feel like they say, you know, what our expectations are and what we should be doing is and then to have a life on top of that and a family and, you know, um, even as a single parent, it's like uh, that's not sustainable. No. (laughs) You do it well. Do everything they're asking of you and do it well, then I don't think, I think your personal life definitely will slide. So trying to make amends with that and, you know, like leaving earlier rather Mm. than at five. (laughs) And, like, getting home and having that time instead of or, you know, not bringing work home in general. Like, I'm trying to do one or the other now rather than both. I used to be up at five and then, you know, staying till five. I'm like, okay, one or the other and then try and do yeah. it. And what doesn't get done waits. And really I think teachers learn to prioritise. I think that they're the masters of that, that's for sure. Absolutely. Because, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I just feel that there's so much to do and if you did everything that was being asked of you plus also have some semblance of control in your personal life the thing that ends up suffering is your interactions with the children which is ultimately why we are teachers yes yeah yeah it's very difficult isn't it balance is like I don't think it's ever going to um you know be balanced and you feeling wonderful like I said you always want more time to do more yeah and even just, you know, something will happen. Like I, I had a workplace health and safety to do Friday instead of my other to-do list in my session four. So that's now gone into the weekend, you know. It's like, oh, wow. You know, little things like that that you don't expect as well that, you know, are always in teaching, like contacting home or or catching yeah. up with a colleague about a student and then your spare's finished, you know. It's like yeah. They're precious, you know, but these things happen and these things, you know, you have to then reprioritise. You're constantly, I feel, reprioritising your to-do list. Yeah, yeah. Has that changed much over your own teaching career? Have you seen any kind of shift in the way um, schools are managing the red tape side of stuff over the past four years or even over the past two years, I guess? I think it's getting worse. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I think they're actually, you know, reducing workload, even though that's the focus of unions and things like that. I not most teachers would feel like the goalposts just keep shifting, that kind of thing. But I think teachers yeah. are starting to go, well, 
is this a priority? That kind of thing. People yeah. are starting to prioritise their own work and their own needs, which I think is a necessity to stay in the game, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, this leads me really nicely onto my next question. What feels illegal but isn't in schools? <laughs> um, besides, you know, going to the bathroom in between classes, <laughs> hoping you won't play. Um, or leaving, you know, not going to a staff meeting, like um, those little things. I think the biggest thing is feels illegal is probably saying no for extra demands, you know, like taking yeah. on extra roles that deep down you know you don't have capacity for. I think one of my friends who now works for the union taught me something years ago. She's like, Sarah, you need to learn this sentence. And it's, you know, thank you for thinking of me, but no thank you. Oh, lovely. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really clever. Yeah. Um, taking on more, like it, unless you can do it well and you're happy to do it, I think that's different and that's great. You know, there's always more opportunities in teaching for sure, which is which I like. You know, yeah. everything's changing, variety. But, yeah, understanding that sometimes you probably don't have the capacity to do a great job and saying no. And I think that's huge for me that I've grown in the last few years, definitely mm. <laughs> become more essential yeah. <laughs> and to have that balance, you know. Yeah, because that's not just a professional skill. That's like a that's a personal skill to be able to not be a yes man all the yeah. time. Yes, mm. and I was definitely a yes man in my younger days for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and would just you know find a way to do it. But you know now it's like if it's not you know uh, connected to my capacity, then I will yeah have the capacity to say no, which is huge for me. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's really great. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to steal that sentence, I think. <laughs> I love it. It's like, this just makes so much sense. Never thought of it. Yes, yes. It's just like framing it slightly differently as well so people can't get mad at you either. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Good one. Okay, um, what's your gold star moment of the week? So a moment that's really made you smile. Um, I think this week having kids, you know, when you're having a tough week as well and then kids go, you're my favourite teacher or just tiny things no. that no one sees and that think people think are, you know, not that important, tiny little things. Or students, you know, seeing you in the playground and you've taught them a couple of years ago and they're like, I miss your lessons. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> like there's oh. sometimes, yeah, sometimes they come from kids you're like, you were sure that they were like, I could take this or leave Miss, you know, like <laughs> I could take her lessons or leave them, you know, they're like, whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. They, they say things like that and you're like blown away and it's, yeah, that's kind of thing um, I think surprises you too. Like one thing about the school I'm at is the kids will tell you how, exactly how they feel. <laughs> but, but they're very complimentary as well if you're, if they're thinking you're doing good, you know. Yeah. Them, right? Then they'll tell you that as well, which is refreshing. So. Yeah. That's had, lovely. Yeah. I had one student, like, try to invite me to a high tea for her hospitality. Oh. Yeah, her past, you know, past student. And yeah. then she found out that I was vegan and tried to get the, her whole group to change the recipes to vegan. And <laughs> oh, bless her. <laughs> that was pretty cute. I was like, it's okay. It's the thought that counts. Oh. <laughs> that was pretty cute this week. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's so sweet. That those times when uh, past students will intentionally reconnect with you—that's so special. And I think yeah. that's quite unique to us as a profession. 
that, yeah, that happens too. Just, you don't expect teenagers to come out and make the effort to do that sort of thing, but they do. So no. it's quite beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It is really lovely. I'm friends with um, a mum on Facebook from my very first year one class. And we're talking like 12 years ago now, my first year one. So they're going to be oh, 18 now, right. which is terrifying. Um <laughs> But this lady will text me or message me every every couple of years to say, oh, she still talks about you. Oh, we talked about you one this week and you came up. And it's it's so nice to know that your name lives on in that person's life. That's awesome. That's yeah. Bad. Very That's sweet. <laughs> yeah, I know. Very good. Bless them. <laughs> um, okay, next question is, what's been your proudest moment in your teaching career? Is it when you have some of those students that come back to you years after you've taught them? Um, I think, um, hmm, I guess I'm like, I like extending high achievers. That feels good. But mm. probably the proudest ones are the ones that aren't measurable as well on data is the, you know, the drama kids that are so extremely shy. I've had kids just this year as well who are verified students and they were like, no way we're performing in front of anyone. And I'm like, well, you'll have an R, so that's fine. You can just, you know, perform in front of me at lunch because they were like, no way, we're not doing this. Forget <laughs> it. And then, wow. then by the end of semester, which is just two terms, they're, they were the second group to volunteer to perform in front of everyone, little things oh. like that. But, you, you know, you can't put that anywhere on a report card. But <laughs> no. And that that's amazing. Cool. Yeah. And, like, even just students in drama saying, well, you know, I'm probably not going to pick drama, but I'm not scared about performing my English oral presentation now because I've done two terms of drama. That's pretty yeah. good. And those things aren't measurable, but they are, like, that feels pretty good. Like, Yeah. Are you able about. to, yeah, are you able to communicate those kinds of moments with um, students' families? Oh, I all? definitely did that. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, especially the um, from that group who their group were like no way we're performing in front of people no way and then they performed in front of the class when I rang his dad her dad he said um but she's so shy (laughs) I said well she got a b plus for her presentation um that class she came from not speaking in class not talking to anyone to wow and he I said oh she should definitely choose drama in year nine and he's like she I think she will be (laughs) like (laughs) she had so that's really cool that's fantastic. And it kind of goes back to um, that appreciation of the power of drama for some yes. individual students, doesn't it? Yeah. So when we, we try to, you know, how in, I'm not sure how New South Wales works, but here we, in the junior years, they have to dabble in everything and they might not mm. get drama because of the timetable lines, but yeah. um, we try to get them to dabble. But um, in the performing arts, we then narrow it down to either music or dance or media and then we have a meeting with them on the first lesson and try and give them a choice so they get a vote and then yeah. you know we sell our subject obviously and that's what I say to the kids I said you I had a student in year 10 who chose to do drama on purpose not because she wanted to be an actor because she wanted to do law so wow. and she knew that she'd have to be in a classroom you know in a law room uh yeah. thinking fast and so she was interested in improv and building her confidence public speaking oh my god that's amazing yeah and I'm pretty sure she's gone through it so yeah fantastic does it make you think that actually the performing arts should be given a little bit more sway in the curriculum just because of how much impact it can have 
on uh, workplace skills. Yes, for sure. I think in America they're really starting to value that, but here we're a little bit behind and it's still not valued and even, you know, even blocked a lot, you know, with children choosing their timetables. It's encouraged not to choose it, which is really upsetting and heartbreaking because it is, you know, these are 21st century skills, drama, all of them. You know, yeah, in a in a powerful way as well. Like you know, definitely. Does the drama curriculum give you enough um, give you enough room to explore those skills, or is there anything? Uh, are there some changes that you'd like to see? Uh, we're moving from so we had literacy and numeracy classes, which cut our drama you know program to twice a week for one semester in junior, yeah. and then twice a week in year nine only up. Only from ten year ten onwards, it was you see them three times a week, which is really cutting down the nitty gritty of the you know course. You, yeah. you want to be able to teach the elements of drama in depth, and for them to understand them bef- before you move on to the play that you might be yeah. studying or and the conventions of that play. But yeah, so next year we're moving back to we'll be getting three uh, classes a week, which is exciting because you can just, you know, go into depth and teach it really well, I feel. We're hoping anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be exciting. But I know I'd love drama to be offered all year round. Like, you know, I think kids, I think once they get to high school, they should be able to choose. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, I totally agree with you. If that's primary school, I guess. But for me, that would be me seeing kids do it every year in primary school. So Yeah. I'd yeah. By high school. Yeah, definitely. I think it's important at any age, but I think especially for teenagers when they are struggling to understand the world at large and um, and their own place in it, as well as build up those workplace skills, I think performing arts is the most important at that particular stage. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Def- definitely. Do you have a favourite play that you... Um, that's like your go-to for teaching a particular set of skills? Uh, no, not really. I like to mix it up. I think my prac teacher um, would change her plays nearly every year. And I right. um, with that, like mixing it up, there's different plays for different reasons, like serious issues, but sometimes you just want to entertain. And I think we try to do that with the junior years, entertaining. And then yeah. when as they get older, delve into hard, you know harder topics and deeper issues. So, yeah, it just depends on the age group and the cohort and the maturity level too. Sometimes what you think will work uh, doesn't always work with a certain group of students, the dynamics, right. the maturity. So, yeah, yeah. Just having a, you know, long list of plays is really good and I'm still building, yeah. especially for junior, like junior, yeah. junior, that's the hard, you know, kind of age group. They're not babies, yeah. not adults. So finding plays that perfect for their age group is the is can be quite difficult you know to mix yeah. it up yeah. yeah that's interesting so where do you where do you find the plays is it recommendations from colleagues have you got oh, yeah. um Most, yeah. mostly recommendations <laughs> mostly my prac teacher still is you know still an awesome mentor yeah, yeah. do you um, want to give them a shout out yes for sure and charles angela charles <laughs> is my prac teacher and mentor and friend and yeah she's just been a rock from my first prac through to ongoing now like we just caught up in the June July holidays and collaborated oh. together for half a day you know yeah uh, thinking of new plays and reinventing the year nine curriculum 
So she'll just you know, give up her time still because she's passionate about the arts and passionate about drama. And she's an encyclopedia for plays. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what you want. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Lovely. Well, this leads me nicely onto my next question. And it might be Angela Charles. Um, do you want to big up a bestie, someone that you've really felt has supported you in your journey as a teacher or even just through some hard times in the classroom? Yeah, Angela Charles is great. She's um, I can call on her for anything like personal or, or you know, career-related, drama-related. But also I think um, my desk bestie that when I first started was Jane Tunstall. She also just has decades of knowledge and wealth, wealth of yeah. advice and wisdom to offer me. And she doesn't work where I work anymore, um, but we still catch up every holidays and have a chat and check in with each other how we're going yeah. yeah she's been fabulous as well like for my frustrations or my questions and yeah, yeah. so yeah Jane Tunstall and Angela Charles have been a lifeline for me in the last few years yeah amazing super important to have that support as teachers yeah oh for sure that's your that's your well-being right there yeah. <laughs> yes absolutely absolutely so many stories about the importance of a supportive faculty, but much more than that, like outside of that professional environment as well, just having people that you can go and cry to or scream at or share a glass of wine with or a box of tissues with or just, you know, yeah, that team that can support you in more um, more than just your classroom. Yeah. I think they have to be teachers too. Like sometimes I think mm. if you're not a teacher, you just <laughs> you feel like you're whinging to anyone yes. who's not a teacher. Teachers, other teachers just get it, whether they're primary or high school. Yeah. They just understand, they get 100% where you're coming from. Absolutely. You need those box of tissues. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, speaking of boxes of tissues, can you tell me about a classroom cock up that you've had in your drama studio? Um, oh, there's a few of those. Probably the most recent thing I've done was not in the classroom. It was playground duty. And Ooh, I still feel really, okay. really guilty for it because it was <laughs> one of those weeks where you're just like, I just need to sit down and eat lunch yeah. and spend 10 minutes recomposing myself. And then the yeah. kids coming saying, Miss, you're meant to be in playground duty in the hall. <sighs> and I'm like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not till the end of break. And they're like, <laughs> they came back. <laughs> And said, yes, you are. And I'm like, no, no. I swear I checked it three times. Oh, no. And then my heart got involved and she's like, you back off. And then, yeah, I was supposed to be on playground. <laughs> oh, dear. So that didn't go down too well. I felt very guilty. Um, but, yeah, it's just one of, yeah, you've got to double check that you read the supervision <laughs> email. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but again, it goes back to all of those demands on teachers' times and yes. even just having the time to check things properly. Yes, and that too, and just not seeing it. I think it was just one of those things where the playground went over from one page to the second page. <laughs> <Just> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was definitely embarrassing. And oh, God. I did profusely <laughs> apologise to the PE staff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for getting involved. Yeah, it's one thing like feeling like you're letting the kids down, but letting the rest of your team down, that's a whole other guilt as well. Yeah, for sure. Oh, dear, poor PE stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, guys. 
<laughs> we get it. I think we've all done it. We've all yeah. done it. I remember when I was, it was my second year of teaching and I was at a new school and I was rushing about to, you know, organize the afternoon lessons, print something off. And then I got a call from the head and they wanted to see me. So I had to run up the other end of the school oh. to deliver something to her office. And on the way, my teaching partner intercepted me and was like, you're meant to be on playground duty for oh. the whole of upper school, right? <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God, I've got to do this. I've got to, do can you just give me two seconds? And I felt so guilty, so yeah. guilty. Of course, the kids didn't care. They, de- they don't know whether you're there or not most <laughs> of the time. <laughs> but yeah, the, the feeling of letting one of your colleagues down is the worst. I still think about that. Terrible. <laughs> it's so true. And yeah. it's, it's true. Like, we just, I think we need a texting system or something. Like, yes. Over from who or, I don't know. I don't know how we could do that better. But yeah, you do. Yeah. And you feel like you have to split yourself in three sometimes with kids needing you at lunch while you're meant to be on playground duty. And you're like, oh, yeah. yeah. You'll have to follow me to playground duty, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I've got something else to do, somewhere else to be. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. as always um okay now we always finish the podcast with the same question and it's a biggie so imagine that you wake up one day and you get a phone call and they go Sarah there's been an incident we've um we've had to spin things quite differently and you've been voted as the next minister for education what is the first thing that you change when you get into your new office um this is a good one because I'd love to do this. Back when I was at the Positive Learning Centre, I was like, I think yeah. I have to do a PhD and, like, look at changing the education system. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so my first thing to do would be um, remove the grading system that we have to, like, a not-yet-grading system, I think. So mm. I'm not even sure how this would run, but I know they're trying it, you know, with the Carol Dweck in New York is looking at that yeah. and, you know, taking away the failure component of education yeah and seeing the effects mostly the research shows that you know motivation intrinsic motivation for study goes up when those kids don't have a fear of failure like they just yeah. it's not yet so that's be the first thing I would do mm-hmm. I think uh coming from my passion for drama would be as well the the arts making sure it's valued and taught throughout primary school yeah. Every year. <laughs> yes. Um, and then maybe by the time they got to high school, they, you know, in all of the arts, not just drama and performing arts, mm. um, I'd, you know, give them more say of their timetable. I think by the time they get to high school, I think if they've tried everything, you know, in depth or at least every year in primary school, they'd have more, you know, say in what they want to do by then. That's what I'd think. Yeah. Because you've got some kids who are like, Miss, could I just please do woodwork again? No offence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there's other kids who say, can I can I do drama again, please? I don't want to do woodwork. You know, like yeah. I know by that age, you know, some some it's good to trial it, but that's because they yeah. haven't had that experience in primary school. If they've had it in primary school, if it's been valued, if it's taught well because we value the arts, that's you know, we hire amazing teachers, I think. They know by the time they get to high school what they want to do. They'd have more say and the curriculum would be designed a bit more yeah. around student, you know, centred needs and stuff like that. But, yeah, obviously the the logistics of everything is is another thing. And making it work. 
<laughs> yeah, that's think, a whole other podcast. I yeah, think. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I think um, I'd wave my magic wand while I'm here. Let's go. I'd yeah. give um, teachers more spares. Like teachers would have a spare every day. That's That would be my yeah. <laughs> magic wish. I feel like yes. I have work-life balance a little bit sorted if we had one planning and correction, correcting session a day yeah. to get ahead around things that need to be done. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think there's a lot of teachers that are going to be cheering you on in your new position <laughs> as education minister there. And then, and then they tell me the budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got four and a half dollars to do all of this. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> but those are the magic one things I'd wish for, for sure. Thank you. Amazing. Amazing. Well, Sarah, you've been an absolute delight to have. Thank you so much for making time. And uh, eventually we got round to it, didn't we? <laughs> we did. Daylight <laughs> and all. Oh, I'm so sorry. We had a real issue with timings there. My fault. My fault entirely. Oh, thank it's you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Kate. It's been amazing to talk to you. You have a wonderful week. And, um, yeah, let's try and catch up soon. You too. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Well, there we go. Another amazing teacher and another fistful of ways to change the face of education. Sometimes I feel like politicians should listen to this podcast occasionally. (laughs) I do apologize about the audio issues there, but you know, you guys have been through a pandemic, you know what it's like. Um, So thank you so much for listening again. Do leave me a review. uh, Let me know what you think of the podcast and come and join me over on Instagram. There's lots of cool stuff happening over there at cold coffee no glue sticks pod and stick around for next time because there will be another amazing educator have a great week and i'll see you then